Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This episode of Ladies Who Punt is brought to you by Inglis. Inglis has had over a century of turf champions go through their sales rings, and now with their Pink Bonus series, there has never been a better time for women to join in on the fun of racehorse ownership. That's right, Grace. With the bonus prize money up for grabs, the Pink Bonus Series is a great initiative to get more women involved in racing, making Inglis a fabulous partner to ladies who punt. We can't thank them enough for supporting our podcast and the representation of women in the racing media. Field is ready. They're racing in the Oaks. Hello and welcome back to Ladies Who Punt. We are the podcast that aims to decode the sport of horse racing one topic at a time. My name is Fiona Boyer and uh, it's just me today, guys. Grace has uh, been unable to join me for this week's episode, which is a shame because it's an incredibly good one. If you want to support the podcast, you can do so at ladieswhopunt.com forward slash members. There you can sign up to be a member in our members club and receive heaps of extra content as well as merchandise and the chance to play in our weekly tipping comp for $50 cash prize. Well guys, this is our final episode of 2023. Firstly, I just want to thank you so much for tuning in. You know, without you, our listeners, there'd be no point in us doing this podcast. Grace and I really enjoy doing it and We get to do it because you guys tune in each and every week. So thank you so much. I also want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And we will definitely be back in 2024. I have a great episode for you today. This is an episode that I have been wanting to make basically since we started Ladies Who Punt. It was one of the first topics I wrote down when we put down a list of things we wanted to tackle. And so I'm stoked to be bringing it to you today, like two years later after starting the podcast, here it is. So this week I am interviewing Dr. Grace Forbes from Racing Victoria. She's the head vet there. And we are going to be discussing the world-class veterinary screening process for horses taking their place in the Melbourne Cup. I'm so excited for this one. Obviously, you know, the Melbourne Cup has been a bit of a political race in the last decade with some very high-profile, awful fatal injuries occurring in the race in the last 10 years and thank god racing victoria stepped in they noticed that there was a trend amongst the fatal injuries from international horses coming to australia to take their place in the melbourne cup and they've stepped in three years ago they brought in a whole new vetting process just for the melbourne cup to make sure that the horses lining up are safe to go around and there are no issues that concern them that could lead to an injury on the track And we've had this veterinary process in place now for three editions of the Melbourne Cup. It came into place in 2021. And since it's been implemented, there have been no significant injuries in the race. And that is incredible. It shows that we have made progress. I don't think it's quite the time yet to say that definitively this process has made a difference. But three years without incidents is 
it's such a great start. It's the perfect start, isn't it? We couldn't be asking for more. So I think it's so important to share the word about how Racy Victoria has taken the initiative to reduce the risk of injury in the Melbourne Cup, to make the race safe for horses and to make it safe for us to view and enjoy. That's why I want to understand more about this process and to chat to Dr. Grace Forbes all about that. It's a great episode. I can't wait for you to check it out. And this would be a really good one if you can to share across your social channels, because obviously the race that stops a nation, everyone knows about it, either good or bad. And to share this message with people is I think important so if you can share this one across your social channels that would be awesome whether it's on your Instagram stories or on Facebook or on Twitter or on TikTok wherever you follow us it would be awesome if you could share this episode it would mean a lot to us especially me (laughs) all right so let's get into our interview with Grace Forbes uh yeah here we go Well, Dr. Grace, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. This is an episode I have been keen to do since we first started Ladies Who Punt, so I'm thrilled to have you on. Firstly, I want to say congratulations on an incredible spring carnival, especially the Melbourne Cup Carnival. I'm sure it's a high-pressure time for you and your team, but there just seemed to be such an incredible buzz this year during the carnival, and we also had the third running of the Melbourne Cup without incident, which to me feels like a real milestone. So thank you so much for coming on today to talk to us about the vetting process of the Melbourne Cup. It's a pleasure. Thanks very much for having me, Fiona. My first question for you, Dr. Grace, is why were these veterinary changes brought in? Was there a trend in injuries that RV was trying to address? So if you look back, uh, it was uh, in after the year 2000 that we conducted a review on international horses competing here in Victoria and also horses competing in the Melbourne Cup. Uh, And when we did that review, we found that there was an increased risk of injury uh, in horses competing in the Melbourne Cup and international horses competing here. Uh, And so, you know, the aim of the recommendations that we brought in were to improve the safety of horses competing both in the Melbourne Cup and international horses competing here in Victoria. Could you explain to myself and the listeners why international horses may be more susceptible to injury in the Melbourne Cup? It's a really good question, Fiona, and like many things uh, scientific or veterinary related, there was no one sort of single factor that was responsible for that increased risk. There were a number of factors that all come together to contribute to that increased risk. Uh, And some of those that we found, uh, you know, you often have horses coming to compete here from overseas. Perhaps it may be towards the end of a preparation. Uh, They're coming to race here and it's not that any uh, racing jurisdiction has uh, has better surfaces or better race courses, it's just different. So the race courses that they're running on at home are just different to the ones here. So they haven't had an opportunity to acclimatise to our conditions. Uh, And so, yeah, there were a number of factors and all of those contributed to that increased risk. Thanks for explaining that. And just to be 
clear on what the vetting process is now, how did it look, you know, in 2020 and before that compared to what we have in place now in 2023? Uh, So there have been some uh, small changes to the veterinary protocols since they were first introduced three years ago. Uh, And so I guess maybe the easiest way might be to break it up into the pre-travel and Mm -hmm. then the pre-race veterinary requirements. So the pre-travel requirements sort of really revolve around three key steps. One of them is uh, the uh, trainer and their private veterinarian providing us with some history uh, about the horse, its medical history, uh, veterinary history, racing history, Uh, So that's sort of one main part of it. The second part is, uh, and and that includes their private vet sending in the results of a veterinary inspection. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of the first part. The second part is the uh, diagnostic imaging. And so when that originally came in, we had required some x-rays of all four fetlocks, followed up by some more advanced diagnostic imaging, either an MRI or a CT of all four fetlocks. And then originally we had required full body scintigraphy uh, and then that was removed from being mandatory to being by request only. Uh, So that's the second part of it. And the third part was having an inspection by a Racing Victoria appointed vet before they travel over to Australia. So in the pre-travel space, Uh, The main things that have changed have been uh, the requirement for scintigraphy is on an as-requested basis. And actually this year we did change uh, the requirement for the x-rays of all four fetlocks to be uh, not mandatory. Uh, And the reason for that was we found a lot of people were trying to uh, help us by bundling up all the information and presenting it to us Mm -hmm. in one go. Uh, But what that meant is they were giving us the x-rays, which uh, offer a less detailed view of the horse's box. And then at exactly the same time we were getting the MRI or the CT, which almost supersedes the x-rays, which Mm -hmm. were always intended to sort of act as a screen. And so we said to International Connections, please by all means send them to us and we'll review them but if you're going to provide them at the same time it makes uh you know they are sort of superseded by the more um specialized imaging so yeah that's the pre-travel area uh if you look at the horses once they arrive here in australia um it's possible it's similar process so essentially the horses undergo veterinary inspections by racing victoria veterinarians Uh, And then they're also required to undergo imaging prior to each race start here. Okay, so it's before, so they're allowed one start in Australia before the Melbourne Cup, and so that imaging takes place before that first start as well as the Melbourne Cup, is that right? That's correct, and Mm. we have seen um, some horses this year that competed in multiple races, uh, and so they would have a a scan prior to each race start. And Mm -hmm. For those people that aren't familiar with a standing CT scan, it's actually very quick. Um, The horses go into the hospital down at uh, Werribee, uh, and there is also one in uh, Randwick Equine Centre in Sydney, which uh, horses competing in the Melbourne Cup have also utilised. And the horses present, 
They have a very mild sedative. Uh, you usually have to wait about 15, 20 minutes for the sedative to have an effect. And then the scanning is actually very quick. You can mm. um, acquire the images in, you know, uh, less than a minute. Uh, and so then the horses have a little period where they wake up from the minor sedation and then they can go home. So it's a very uninvasive uninvasive uh, procedure. What do they show? Like, what are you looking for on these scans and on the scintigraphies? So the purpose of the pre-travel and the pre-race imaging is to identify any early signs uh, of a more serious injury. And so uh, Racing Victoria has had a really good history of sponsoring research and for many years now we've invested in the equine limb injury prevention program Mm -hmm. and so to sort of accelerate what we've learned uh you know over the best part of 10 years into a real nutshell is that uh going back 10 years ago people thought an injury was an accident like a horse maybe took a bad step or there was a hole you know a hole in the track and the horse you know stood on some uneven ground and we know now that's not really the case in the vast majority of cases we know that the common injuries we see in our racing horses are stress related Mm -hmm. which means um they accumulate uh very small amounts of damage to their bones over time until they get to the point when there is um, a larger amount of damage and then um at the end stage of that the bone could fail and we'd see that as a fracture and so the aim of our research was to to determine how can we detect these injuries at an early stage before they come more serious. And so they've been doing a lot of research into that. And one of the really exciting things that they found was that if we use this advanced diagnostic imaging, particularly CT, uh, but also MRI, we can identify changes in the bone that suggest that the horse is more likely to sustain a serious injury and so um, that's what the team of um, reviewers are looking for so with the images we have um, uh, you know internationally renowned specialists from uh, Europe uh, in the States uh, and here in Australia and they review the images uh, that we are sent from the international horses and all the horses uh, competing in the Melbourne Cup and they're looking for these early signs of a more serious injury. That's so interesting and I guess you're tracking that change from the very first CT scan you receive you know, from overseas and then before and after each of their runs heading into the Melbourne Cup. Now another big part of the veterinary inspections that has always been in place are the pre-race trot-ups and I'm curious to know from you know your perspective obviously horses have all different kinds of gates and and you know some horses can have a bit of a funny trot or maybe not as fluid as as others how do you distinguish between an unusual gait and a horse that might be showing that they are a little bit sore and shuffly Uh, It's a really good question. Uh, And so I think the one thing that's worth mentioning uh, from the outset is that the pre-race vet inspections 
comprise like a full exam of the horse and so although the thing that we tend to focus on is or that is tended to be focused on is the way the horse moves mm-hmm. there's a lot of other things that we do so you know we listen to the horse's heart have a look at its eyes have a good feel of its uh, body particularly its uh, limbs looking for any uh, heat uh, swelling um, any pain we sort of will uh, uh, they call it flexing their joints to see if we can elicit any pain if we bend, sort of put a, a bend on the, in their joints. And then after that, we watch the horses move. Uh, and so it's that total exam, including all the background knowledge that we know about the horse. So mm-hmm. it's racing history. Uh, has it had any previous injuries? What medications has it been receiving? And it's all of that information that's put together to make a decision. Uh, and then when it comes specifically to your question about the horse's gait, um, there's probably two really key things there. One is that um, we ask trainers to let us know in advance if they've got a horse that's got and, uh, you know, what might be considered an, an unusual action mm-hmm. or we say something that might catch our eye when we're looking at them. Uh, and when the trainers do let us know uh, that the horse might have an unusual gait, there's a whole lot of things we can do in the lead-up to the pre-race vet exams mm-hmm. to provide a level of comfort sort of to us and the stable that everybody's got a good understanding of what's going on with the horse before we actually come and examine it. So we might go out to the yard and have a look at it a couple of weeks before. Um, We've got an opportunity then to talk to the private vet and say, okay, what have you done with this horse? Like, what have you been able to diagnose a particular problem? And have you done some imaging? So that horse might have already had a CT and they can share those results with us and that can provide a lot of confidence to us that Mm -hmm. the stable knows there's a particular, uh, maybe the horse has a low-grade injury which isn't at high risk of um, deteriorating when the horse is racing and when we know that they're managing it well, that makes it much easier for us. Um, There is always, though, a point at which... Regardless of the co- of the cause, a horse is too lame to race, mm-hmm. um, and so that that is probably the last part uh, that comes into play. Yeah, and they must be very like tough decisions to make for you guys. Like, even though it's the right thing to do to pull a horse from a race when they're sore, but there's obviously so much pressure building into these races for the trainers and the owners and things like that so i'm sure it's a it's your it's a big job to manage um those physical inspections now i wanted to chat to you about what happens if a horse um, is deemed not suitable to run in the melbourne cup from all of these diagnostics that you've been chatting through with us it sounds like you guys get a heap of information in and it helps you guys to paint a picture of this horse and how it is physically and how it's going to be able to handle such a a staying test like the Melbourne Cup what what is the process for horses who are told we don't want to take the risk on you going into this race how are they still able to race at a later point in a different race or how does that all work 
So it often will depend on on why the horse was deemed to be unsuitable, and so a lot of them are on a case-by-case basis, and so there could be a really simple example, like you have a horse um, and we go and have a look at it and um, maybe the horse has got a hot foot, uh, it's got a warm foot, it's painful, it's got increased pulses, um, you know, quite often has a history of, you know, maybe being reshod or um, had shifted a plate uh, mm-hmm. and maybe damaged its sole. The requirements for a horse like that might be as simple as submitting a veterinary clearance and just present, presenting with a lower grade of lameness. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then you can see, you know, you might see um, a different example. You know, we've had horses, uh, you know, even this year's winner of the Melbourne Cup without a fight. Uh, I know that uh, the Freedmans have sort of said openly that the horse wasn't permitted uh, to start in the Zipping Classic uh, mm-hmm. last year. Uh, and so they went away, uh, you know, consulted with their own vets uh, and came up with a plan to um, return that horse to racing. Uh, it was one where, you know, uh, they have said openly that when the horse was uh did have some advanced diagnostic imaging of its distal limbs, that there was some sign there that uh, there was uh, some early uh, changes there that could put the horse at a higher risk of sustaining an injury. And so they went away, made a plan, um, and then managed the horse successfully, very successfully, we could say, won the Caulfield (laughs) Cup and the Melbourne Cup. Incredible. um, yeah, it really depends on, on why, but they're sort of two, I guess, extreme examples to sort of show the types of things that people might need to do. Um, but it sounds like Racing Victoria and, and your team are involved in keeping an eye on those horses that perhaps have been flagged for for certain issues and, um, yeah, managing them a little bit with along with the trainers for them to return back to racing, which is, I mean, I think it's something that is probably not well known to people that you guys are involved with these horses at many different stages not just towards going to the Melbourne Cup but throughout their careers you know for various reasons so um yeah it's been very fascinating to talk to you about all of this Dr Grace thank you so much for giving us your time and I just wanted to say on behalf of our listeners and industry participants that you know, we're so thankful for all of the work that you guys do in this area and it's really appreciated, especially around the Melbourne Cup. It's been fabulous to see the race being run without incident the last three years. Oh, thank you. But I, w- I would also have to say it's it's a big team effort. You mm-hmm. know, it's the trainers, their private vets, the connections, uh, you know, and then our team working with them. Uh, and also, I guess, with the race clubs as well. And it, it, it's a big team effort and everyone has a really important part to play and, and they definitely have. Well, thank you so much, Dr Grace. We'll leave it there. And, yeah, once again, thanks for being on the podcast. It's a real pleasure. Thank you, Fiona. Honestly, I could chat to Dr Grace all day about this sort of stuff. I think this is a really good time to do a massive shout out to all the vets that are part of the racing industry and look after our horses and give them the care 
and attention that they need to keep them happy and sound so that we can enjoy this beautiful sport. Now it is time for us to say goodbye to 2023 and Ladies Who Punt. We will be in your ears each and every week over our summer break. So I will be re-releasing some of the episodes we recorded this year with our special guests. So just to name a couple of the people that will be Featuring back on the podcast feed in the next few weeks, Shannon Betts, who was our guest for our Breaking and Educating episode, and also Catherine Brueggemann, who is a bloodstock agent, and uh, we chatted to her about her process of selecting yearlings at the sales. So those two great episodes, plus a heap more, will be getting re-released over our summer break, and we are looking to be back in February uh, once the feature racing starts kicking off again. Again, everyone, Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for your support this year. It means so much. Like I said, there's no point in us turning these microphones on um, without having listeners at the other other end. If there's one Christmas gift you could give Grace and I this year, all it is is sharing this podcast far and wide. Leave us a review share it across your socials tell someone about it at christmas like we want this podcast to grow we need it to grow to be honest and for that we are relying on you guys so that would be a fantastic christmas present from you if you could do that for us anyway merry christmas happy new year and we will catch you back in 2024 Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.